Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you think wedding favors are unnecessary, then you're in the right place. Okay, so on today's episode, we are talking all about destination weddings. So destination weddings, sort of as the name implies, is a wedding at a destination. So basically anything that is not a local wedding, um, you know, in your hometown where you live that you could get to within, I don't know, an hour or two of driving. I think anything beyond that where guests will have to stay the night or stay the weekend or a week or two weeks uh, to attend is a destination wedding. I think if you Google destination wedding, most of the images that come up will be like a resort in Mexico or Jamaica or something like that. But a destination wedding really can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be an all-inclusive resort on a beach in the Caribbean. It could be a vineyard in Italy. It could be a ski lodge in northern Canada. It could be, I don't know, a really cool like safari wedding in, um, you know, Kruger National Park in South Africa. You could be really anywhere, anywhere in the world. Um, And it also doesn't have to be a, you know, far off international destination. It could be a place that's, you know, maybe it's five or six hours from where you live. So you are driving and staying for the weekend, or even if it's, you know, a short flight within your country, but basically anything that isn't super local. Um, And there's lots of reasons to have a destination wedding as well as some concerns or some cons you might want to think of uh, ahead of time if you are planning to go the destination wedding route. So let's start with the pros. Um, So obviously a destination wedding is amazing if you are a travel lover. Um, I myself am a huge traveler and uh, destination wedding is something I've definitely put a lot of thought into. I love the idea of doing, you know, a small group of people at that vineyard in Tuscany and having, you know, this whole villa all for, you know, all for just you and you're there for a full weekend and it's just like a bunch of lovely meals together and gorgeous views and fresh uh, truffles over your pasta. (laughs) I basically just want to go to Tuscany is what I'm saying. Um, But a destination wedding is perfect if you are, you know, a couple that's really into travel, if you've been to some places, especially if you do have, you know, that special place like, oh, we got engaged in Jamaica. So we, you know, we'd love to go back there for the wedding or our first vacation was to Thailand. So we're going to like rent out this really cool, like overwater bungalow situation in, um, you know, the Andaman Sea. Oh, sorry. I'm not going to edit that, but there's, there's a cool sea off the coast, (laughs) off the North, I believe, off the North coast and the West coast of Thailand. That's where all the islands are. Um, Google it. You'll find it beautiful. (laughs) Um, and even if you don't have that special place, uh, maybe you want to create a special place. So you might have your eye on a, uh, I'll try to pick a country where I know some of the, (laughs) some of the destinations a little bit better. Maybe you have your eye on a gorgeous castle in Ireland and you know, you've never been to Ireland before, but you've always thought that would just be the most romantic place to get married. So you do it there. And then for your, you know, five-year anniversary, you get to go back and explore the castle and spend a couple weeks in Ireland or whatever it is. So you can make it a really special place. You don't have to have already visited uh, your spot. So I think it's super cool if travel is something you're passionate about and you just, you know, you want to, you've got your eye on beautiful places and doing something a little bit different and um, definitely out of, not out of this world, but probably out of your city. 
Another pro for destination weddings is that they are usually cheaper. And a lot of people are shocked by this because they're like, what do you mean? You can get married in a castle in Ireland or a villa in Italy um, and save money. And yes, it's true. You can. Often the reason why these weddings are cheaper is because there's a lot fewer people invited um, just by virtue of saying, hey, you know, you have to take a week off work and get a hotel and pay for airfare. Uh, that dramatically cuts your guest list. And we'll get into that a little bit more in the cons. But the pro of that is that it is usually cheaper because you'll be hosting a much smaller party. Depending where your wedding is, it might also just be a cheaper, you know, cost of living. If you were doing something in an area that's a lot cheaper than your hometown, maybe things like flowers and food are just cheaper. So you get to save money on that. As well, if you're looking to get married at a place that is all-inclusive, and by that I don't necessarily mean like an all-inclusive resort, like the kind, you know, we're used to seeing um, in the Caribbean, but just a venue that's all-inclusive. So maybe they have things like, you know, the catering and the DJ and the linens and the flowers are all included in their wedding package. Sometimes that can actually save you some money, which leads me into my next point. It can also be a lot easier if you do uh, opt for one of those all-inclusive wedding venues. That means you have have like 30 less decisions to make because all of those things are decided. You just have to say, yep, that looks good. Or, you know, maybe they'll say, oh, do you want this package or this package, this type of linen or that type of linen, but you don't have to go out and try to figure out, okay, you know, I'm based in North Carolina and I need to find out who does the best floral arrangements in Galway, Ireland. That's totally all decided and taken care of for you. So that's a really nice pro of going with the destination wedding that does have that sort of all-inclusive feature. Or if they cater to couples who are coming over from uh, abroad, they might be able to put you in touch with, hey, you know, we've got this planner and she's she or he, sorry, is going to walk you through she, he, or they actually, excuse me, they're going to walk you through all the different options and let you know who you should be working with and they'll have recommendations. You might just also have fewer vendors by virtue of getting married abroad. Maybe you are just doing a, you know, ceremony and a dinner, so you don't need to have a DJ. Maybe you're staying at the same villa where you're getting married, so you don't need to have transportation, just things like that. Um, some vendors might just get knocked off the list based on the type of wedding that you're planning. You might also have fewer people to manage. So like we said, it is cheaper to have fewer guests. It's also a lot easier when you have fewer guests. It's fewer people to have to shuttle from ceremony to reception, fewer people to have to you know set up tables for or make centerpieces for, that sort of thing. It really does help not only your budget, but also your... I guess, stress levels to not only have to think of, you know, 40 people instead of 300 people. Another pro of doing a destination wedding is that it's often a longer celebration. Most people are not going to fly all the way to Ireland to come to your one day wedding and then fly back to home the next day. So for destination weddings, often they're at least a weekend, you know, even if you are saying like, hey, we're just going up to the um, family cottage or house on the lake, most people at least make it a weekend event. So you might have like a welcome dinner on the Friday night, and then you've got the ceremony and the reception on Saturday, and then you'll do sort of like a farewell brunch on Sunday. Of course, depending on where you're sending people in the world, there might be a bunch of other things. I know when some people do um, destination weddings in like really cool places, they'll arrange for like sightseeing tours or, you know, you could do like a little like wine tasting if you're getting married in Italy in the in the vineyards or something like that. So I think that's a really cool way to not only experience the destination, but to experience it with like all of those people, right? It's like the the big family vacation um, that I don't know that you've always dreamed of, but hopefully mine is all the 
drama of a regular family vacation. But it also is a great way to just extend your wedding celebration. So many people say, oh my God, I can't believe the wedding went by so fast. That was like the quickest eight hours of my life. I blinked and it was over. And this is like, oh, it's not over. You know, like we got married, but we still have, you know, two or three more days with our guests and we have all these other events planned. And I think that's such a cool way to make it not just this one day, you know, one meal event, but it's really this like long time of celebrating and you can really incorporate all those different cultural aspects of the place where you are, you know, serving food from that place and doing activities that you can only do in that area and really, really just making your wedding so much more like immersive and a full experience for people rather than just like this, you know, in and out, okay, we went to the wedding, now we're going back home sort of thing. My last big pro for destination weddings, and this is a very obvious one, is that they are a built-in honeymoon. So if you were planning to head to Ireland for your honeymoon anyways, then amazing, you're already there. So your honeymoon can start right away. Um, you just get to extend your trip. It's the same flight, you know, you were going to take there for your wedding anyways. So now you just get to stay a little while longer. And maybe you want to hop around, you know, maybe you're going to do like an Ireland, Scotland uh, honeymoon, or maybe you just stay in Ireland. And, um, and that's awesome, because you're already there for your weddings, you don't have to worry about jet lag or packing or anything like that. You're just there and you get to celebrate and go right into honeymoon mode as soon as the wedding is over without having to come back and deal with all that real life stuff that just just gets in the way of celebrating. Okay, so those were the pros of a destination wedding, but now let's talk about some of the cons. So you'll notice a theme coming up here, but a lot of the pros can also be cons depending on who you are and the type of wedding you want. So the first con with the destination wedding is that smaller guest list. So again, this is a pro because it's cheaper and it's easier to manage, but it's a con because it means not all your favorite people are going to make it. So when you decide to have a destination wedding, especially if it is one that requires people to take time off work, book a flight, um, get a passport, get vaccinations, you know, whatever it is, you have to accept that there are going to be people in your life who are like, yeah, sorry, I can't make it. You know, we love you, but we can't afford to take time off work. We can't afford the hotel. We can't afford the flight. We are not comfortable traveling, especially if you're planning something like this during COVID times. You have to understand that a lot of people are just not going to be comfortable getting on a flight. Um, they don't want to get, you know, tested. They don't want to get vaccines or whatever it is. They might not be able to quarantine if they need to. They might just feel unsafe. Um, but even in non-COVID times, if if we ever if we ever go back to non-COVID times, uh, there will be people who just who just say no, and you have to be okay with this. Um, you cannot you know, force people to attend your wedding in Ireland. Some people are just not going to be able to do it, life situations. Um, so if that is going to be a problem, if, you know, you have your heart set on everyone being there, then a destination wedding is probably not for you. If you have your heart set on, you know, 10 people, then check in with those people first. Say like, hey, we're thinking of doing something abroad. What are your thoughts? And, and go from there. And if those people say, yeah, sorry, we can't swing it, then you have to stay local if it's important to have those people there. But maybe if they say, hey, yeah, we're so excited, like we're going to make that our annual vacation, then, you know, go for it. And that's really cool if you have that support of your crew and they want to be there for you. But um, you really do have to take the feelings out of this because it's not going to be an emotional thing. I'm sure everyone would love to come to Ireland and see you get married in a castle. It's going to be, you know, a financial thing or a logistical thing or a safety thing. So you just have to be okay with that if you do decide to move forward with the destination wedding. Another con is that you might have less options. So as mentioned, if you are getting married in a venue that is 
all inclusive. Like they have a bunch of vendors included, like, you know, the food, the decor, the flowers, whatever. It usually means less options. You're not going to be able to shop around. And again, this can be a huge pro if you want, you know, fewer decisions, you want just things to be taken care of, but can also be a con if you're one of those people who really likes to be in control. Like you want to know what all the options are, make sure you found the best deal, the best quality, this absolutely, you know, specific thing. If you have your heart set on this one type of flower, one, you know, design that you really want, uh, that might not be possible if you decide on a venue that is all inclusive. And the fact that you are farther away, especially if you are, you know, looking to get married internationally, you're going to have to be a lot more hands off. You're not going to be able to go and attend, you know, tastings with your caterer or your baker. You're not going to be able to go and interview a bunch of planners or go to a bunch of florist shops. Like you're just going to have to do things as well as you can from far away. And even though technology is amazing, there are still limits. You're probably not going to be doing, you know, a Zoom call with everyone uh, you want to. You might also run into some issues if there are, you know, cultural barriers or language barriers, you might not just be able to get all the information you want, all the different options. So that's something to think about, um, especially, you know, if you do decide destination, but you're not sure where yet, um, think about if you're the kind of person who is going to need to have that control and who wants to be really hands-on with your planning, because that might not be possible in certain destinations. And it might be a thing where you just need to find a planner who has experience working with couples abroad and just sort of put things in their hands and say, okay, we trust you. Here's what we want. You know, here's some photos of what we're thinking. Please go out and make it happen. And again, for some people, this is a huge pro. You can just sort of, you know, let it go. And for other people, this is a huge con. You don't get to be hands-on. You don't have total control. Things are happening, you know, hours and hours and hours away. Um, and that can be a little bit scary if, if you're not comfortable with that. So that's definitely something to consider if you go the destination route. Another con, I know I did say that destination weddings are often cheaper, and that's true. However, they can definitely add up quick. So it depends on your location. If you are coming from, you know, a tiny little small town where you were going to get married in your local synagogue for free, and your uncle was going to take the pictures, and your grandma was going to, you know, cater punch and pie, and it was going to cost you like 500 dollars in and out and you decide oh let's do a destination wedding in switzerland and serve everyone fondue and include ski passes and lodge stays obviously that's going to cost you a lot more money so it really does depend where you're going and what you're including i know i talked before in the pro section about how awesome it is that you can have all of these different wedding events you know like a welcome dinner or a farewell brunch uh, wine tastings, tours, all these different things. But of course, all of those things add up. So even if you say, hey, you know, we got this great deal on a location and there's only going to be 30 of us, if you have to, you know, host seven dinners for 30 people, that's going to, I can't do the math, but you know, that's going to be the same as one dinner for 210 people. Ugh, somebody, somebody check my math. I think that's right. But you get what I'm saying. It really does depend on uh, how big you go, the destination you choose and how many things you try to squeeze into your wedding day. You might end up with a wedding that costs just as much as if you had done one locally. And for some people that might be fine because maybe you get way more out of that destination wedding, right? I mean, me personally, I would much rather have seven dinners with 30 people than one dinner with 210 people. Um, but it's, it's up to you and the kind of wedding that you want. 
Another con for destination weddings is that while there might be less to arrange with the vendors, there's going to be a lot more to arrange when it comes to travel. And this is especially true if you have guests who are coming who are not as travel savvy as you are. Perhaps you have some guests of an older generation who are used to like going to the local travel agent and saying, hi, I would like to go to Italy, please help. And they have no idea how to book things online or airfare, and you might have to sort of hold their hand through the process. I'm someone who loves travel and I love booking travel. So this kind of sounds like a dream come true for me. I would love to help people make plans and extend their trips and decide you know, where they want to go and where they want to stay. But it really could be a bit of a pain in the butt, um, especially if you do have a lot of people who are not uh, so experienced with travel. They might have a lot of questions about things that you're kind of like, what do you mean? Haven't you been on a plane before? That's really obvious. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, especially if you do want everyone to come, you know, at a certain time and stay at a certain place, you're really gonna have to hold some hands on like, okay, here's the flight you need to book. Here's the place we're staying. Here's how you get there. Here's how you, you know, tip and say hello and all that stuff, which again, depending on who you are, that could be really fun for you, or it could be a major pain and just extra work. The last con that I have on my list, a con of a destination wedding, is that depending on the location, you may have to get legally married another time. So, spoiler alert, a lot of people who do destination weddings don't actually get legally married at the destination. For example, in Mexico, in order to get legally married, you have to take a blood test, and a lot of people are not so keen on that, so they'll do their legal marriage either before or afterwards, and then the one in Mexico or, you know, wherever is just for show. Um, I believe in Italy, you have to be like a resident or have some sort of sign off by like the local church in order to get married. So there's lots of rules. So if that is something you have your heart set on, you really want to be legally married at your destination. I encourage you to do a ton of research, get in touch with a local wedding planner and find out exactly what you need to do, because it might not be as simple as just sort of showing up and getting a license. Sometimes you have to be in town for days or weeks or even a month ahead of time. I know there's some areas in Australia where you have to go and get your license a month ahead of your wedding, which for most people cannot take off that much extra time. So look into that um, and accept that depending on where you want to get married, you might actually have to do the legal part either before you go or once you get back. So if that's a deal breaker for you, then unfortunately destination weddings may not be a good option. So that was the pros and the cons of a destination wedding. Um, but how do you actually come to your decision? So for me, I, like I said, a huge travel lover. I've been to almost 50 countries around the world, studied abroad, worked abroad. My partner and I lived abroad. It is really in my soul um, this whole <laughs> this whole year with COVID. Uh, I think this is the longest that I have been stuck at home. And it's really, it's starting to get to me. Um, I, I don't think I would have started this podcast if travel was still an option because I would be too busy planning trips and gallivanting around the world to make a podcast. So uh, maybe you're welcome or maybe uh, you don't care. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Destination Wedding was definitely my dream wedding idea. Um, growing up, I never I never really was one of those people who thought a lot about my wedding, not in detail, but if pressed, if someone was like, okay, but if you, you know, you had to get married tomorrow, what would you want it to look like? Destination is definitely, definitely where I would go. Um, but my partner was uh, not not so keen when we first got together. I think I've shared this story before. When we first got together, my dream wedding was like an elopement, just the two of us off in some foreign land. And his was, you know, a 200 person shindig in our in our local city. So like we could not be farther apart in terms of wedding visions. But we sort of come together now. And I guess we both 
we both sort of won some points. He has kind of convinced me that we should stay local, and I have convinced him that we should do something smaller. And his sort of biggest issue with the destination wedding was just that some of our loved ones wouldn't be able to come just based on, um, you know, their, their life situations, financial status, they wouldn't be able to make it. And to him, that was the deal breaker. Like if, you know, people were really close to siblings, parents, you know, really, really close friends couldn't be there, then for him, that was like, okay, let's, you know, let's not do it. So I understood. And, and that makes sense. And those are people that I want to be at our wedding too. So I'm okay to give up the destination wedding dream. Maybe we'll, we'll do like a vow renewal destination um, at some point in the future. Though our wedding will still be sort of semi-destination as half of our guests will be coming from the other side of the country as that's where the majority of my family lives. Uh, so for them, it'll still be a bit of a destination, which, uh, well, sucks for them because they'll have to pay for, you know, flights and hotels, but is exciting for us because we get to see all of those out-of-town family members. And we also can sort of extend the celebration and meet up with them a few more times while they're in town and have, you know, dinner and drinks and, and take them around and show off where we live, which is really exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, other reasons we decided to sort of stay local because I think I think I probably could have convinced my partner to do destination, especially after this year of being so trapped. I think we're both ready to go. Um, but some other reasons were that we actually had quite a few local or we have quite a few local connections that are going to make our wedding a lot more affordable. So currently we're hoping to have the wedding at a family member's home, which means the venue is taken care of and free. And because it's, you know, our own private venue, we can bring in our own food and drinks. We don't have to worry about paying for a really expensive, you know, caterer or a bar, um, bar team, I was going to say, I guess you have to get the bartenders as well as the the drinks and all that. Um, I also, based on my work, have connections with an officiant company and a photographer. So that sort of helps on that end, getting those at a bit of a discount. So for us, you know, those were big pros to stay local. Um, and we decided just sort of with the money that we'd save, we could put that into our honeymoon fund. And I talked about this in my last episode about how to plan a honeymoon during a pandemic, but that way we can sort of have that really epic honeymoon, fingers crossed for New Zealand. That's what we're, we're hoping for. And that can sort of be, uh, the thing that satisfies the travel itch since we're not going to have that destination wedding. But now that I've talked about it, I am pretty set on doing the destination vow renewal. So uh, look me up in five, 10 years, and I'll let you know where, where we end up doing that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope I gave you some good things to think about and help you make your decision about whether you're going to go destination or not. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and review, subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, and please tell a friend about the podcast. And remember, your wedding will not be perfect, and it doesn't have to be.